This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to Colorado Hunting Hub. This podcast is designed to talk about everything hunting in Colorado. Whether you're a new hunter, old timer, or something else, Colorado Hunting Hub will have something for you. I'm your host, Clint Whitley, and let's get started. Hey, thanks for listening to Colorado Hunting Hub. And before we get started with this episode just wanted to reach out again those international listeners people in italy and australia canada reach out to me i'd love to hear from you uh look love to ask you a few questions as to what you're getting out of the podcast so please reach out and i'll tell you my email here in a sec but what's coming up in my hunting world besides thinking about september archery elk every day all day is um a couple of archery shoots got total archery challenge which i've never done one before so i'm excited about that here in colorado so if you're gonna be there i'll be there also alpha bow hunting challenge that's going on the weekend after that so getting ready for that as well time to get uh, some trail cameras out and getting some gear prep as well as some physical preparations done now i started the exo mountain gear uh, training series that atomic something or other did form some gym. So trying that out, I've been posting that, uh, I'm on day two today of a four week thing, which alpha's in four weeks. So that's about perfect. So trying to, trying to get my legs in good shape, getting, uh, some of that, uh, endurance built up. So that, uh, is something that needs to start right now. And we're going to do a little series on some summer preparation for elk. Uh, I'll record one today. So we'll get that, those out to you this week and continue into next week. 
Thanks again to iHunt Colorado's Facebook page for supporting me. If you don't follow them, make sure you do become a member uh, and and uh, pay attention to what's going on in Colorado. A lot of members and a lot of good folks on there helping each other out. Uh, don't forget to register for your Onyx Hunt membership. I'm going to give that away in just five days. Uh, also, the Vortex Optics, the 10x42s, and the Exo Mountain Gear Backpack Giveaway is almost done. We've got six days left on that, or I should say the 30th of June, if uh, whenever you're listening to this. So get that, get registered for that. Links are in the description uh, of the show, however you listen to that. So also don't forget 25% off Wilderness Athlete. Use a coupon code HuntingHub. Should help with uh, that price. I just tried the peach Oh my gosh. They just sent me a little sample of that. It's good stuff. So get some peach flavored something or other. I like the uh, hydrate and recover and the energy and focus. Uh, it helps. It really does. It, it gives you, I kind of get a little cotton mouth sometimes when I'm walking around and you need something a little more in water. Gives you that focus, gives you that that energy you need. And it, it really does help quite a bit. So get uh, get you some of that. It's really nice for the backcountry or just a day hike. Follow me on Instagram, Colorado Hunting Hub, Facebook, Colorado Hunting Hub. Uh, email is clint.a.whitley at gmail.com. And if you don't like where you're listening now, you can find me on Podbean, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and a bunch of others. So let's get started. I went on a fishing trip a few weeks ago and I didn't want to do an episode on that because uh, I didn't know if the person I was with was okay with me giving away spots or whatever else, but I got his permission and I wanted to share a little bit about that. So I did a previous podcast episode with Ivan and I believe that was right around episode 13, somewhere in there. So if you want to hear some of those tips and tricks from him, go listen to that episode. But he gave me a call. This is a few weeks ago. He gave me a call and said, hey, I got a spot in my boat. Do you want to go? And that was kind of a bucket list item for me. I've never been on a drift boat. Uh, do a little fly fishing. So I was pumped. Absolutely. I had time. Let's go do this. So we watched the water levels and uh, found some time. And and as many of, you, many of you know that there's a little time in the spring to catch some fish. And then it, as that runoff starts, it gets a little rougher fishing you can't fish that much because the water's too high it's too muddy too murky and then uh this year i think we're a little early but uh it, it clears up comes down calms down so fishing's starting to pick up so it seems like but again i'm no full-time fisherman or fishing guide but my buddy ivan is and he's floated this stretch of colorado that we fished quite a few times a lot of times, and he knew every single inch of that. So he said, show up. No gear needed, except some sandwiches. And that was weird to me. Uh, I've never been on a guided anything before, even though we we're just kind of going as buddies. Uh, I I never been on a guided anything. So definitely a cool experience there because of the knowledge he has and was able to pass some of that on and share. And I asked tons of questions, trying to learn, learn. So wrote all those things down and hopefully uh, tried to 
remember as much as I could. So hopefully I didn't forget something, but I've been fishing since I was in middle school. Kind of taught myself, watched some movies or watched some, some shows or some different things, read some books, uh, doing some different how to sort of thing. And that's about the extent of my fly fishing It's extensive, but it's just not, I had no idea where I was at. I've never had that critique. So this was a cool experience to be able to get some of that information to be a better fisherman. So I started off the day we launched or before we even launched, we rigged up sitting in the boat there and right off the bat, I learned a new knot. I mean, I I'd say my knot skills are pretty, pretty high. I know quite a few knots and not just in the fishing world, but elsewhere, I learned a new knot and a new way to tie something on. And the first thing we did was uh, we had some streamers, a streamer set up, a streamer with a dropper streamer. And then we had another one, a nymph set up, and each one had a little dropper on it. And the one that had a uh, little dropper below it had a, the one above, the couple above had a little loop in there. Uh, in the knot so that the it could sit right in the water column and move back and forth instead of uh, an unnatural like movement. So it's just one of those little tricks there that helps get that fly into the right water column and move in the correct way. So that was cool. I never I never knew that before. And then I noticed the number of droppers we had. I think we had four flies on the nymph setup, and then we had two streamers. I've never thought of having two different streamers, but makes sense if you have a little school of fish swimming together or more than one so you get that a kind of a tractor pattern and then another one on there we had the same fly but two different colors so then we are busting out the uh, what works a lot quicker so ivan shared with me we got four main colors and we can start with those two well if one of those doesn't work we switch and we hit the other two instead of retying four times we just retied twice which we didn't even have to do and you've tested out all four of the colors or the major colors so that that was a a big help and he did tell me which ones he started with too i can't remember but uh or how how he rotates but i think we had like a brownish and a, and a green and olive so uh there's some tricks there to be able to alleviate some of those mistakes early on and try and find out what they're what they're biting on and then with the nymph setup, we had, I think we had a San Juan. I think we had a, a rubber leg on there. And then we had a couple of little Prince nymph of some sort. And then maybe another little smaller one. So a variety. And what we did is actually, I think we caught a fish on every single one of the flies that we was in that line on both setups. So that was pretty cool that they were, they were biting pretty good. One of the big things that is super important to remember hunting or fishing, uh, hunting, it's maybe a little different, but fish are only in 10% of that water. So even though you're, you got water there, it looks fishy. There's not fish in every little spot. So remembering that you need to find that 10% of the water and fish that. So that is one of my biggest takeaways, I think, from that day fishing with Ivan. And I'll remember that, trying to remember that it's a lot like hunting. Uh, there's not a deer on every hillside, but they're going to be in this field feeding. And then they're going to move up into this little bedding area. 
it's the same idea. So that's what I'm going to work through the next time I go fishing. So some of the things that I learned, uh, and I'll tell you, I learned probably more in that five-ish hour float than I have the entire eight years that I've lived in Colorado. Ivan first helped me with some of my casting. I, I feel pretty proficient casting. It was a little different scenario being a boat, moving kind of quick. You got some obstacles, ever-changing obstacles. Uh, but I, I've taught fly fishing classes. I've taught uh, adults how to do this. And so I feel like my skills are solid, but not as much as someone like a guide and someone that does this professionally. So I learned, I learned quite a bit. I learned that I do get in a little bit of a rush sometimes and I need to make sure I've got plenty of time on that back cast and making sure those flies get all the way back just to keep control of that line as much as I can. So that, that's something to keep in mind. Make sure even though you're coming up on a little crease, you got to cast to, to take your time on it and make that right cast. Otherwise you're going to flub the whole thing. So don't get in a hurry. Be able to control that line and be able to hit a target. That was probably one of the big takeaways and allowed us to catch some fish. But also, I'm sure I missed some fish because it, I missed it. And as we're coming up to a little V that I needed to hit, right in the V, uh, he, he said, here you go, one chance, one chance. And there's a couple of those that I missed it. One of those I hit twice in a row. And I had two casts, two fish. That was that was an exciting thing. But just because I was on point, I casted well. He said, he gave me good directions and said, cast it right in that little spot. Cast it there, fish. We release that one, cast in another spot, fish. It was just one of those cool, cool kind of things that, yeah, there's some luck there, but there was some definite skill there in, in his understanding of reading the water and me being able to put the line where he is telling me to do it. Back in episode 13 or whatever, when we did this with Ivan, we had talked about mending the line. And I'd been messing around with this a little bit to when I'm shore fishing. And that's when you cast it out and you just give the line a little flip up river or down river. And that helps control the float. I suggest messing with that if you do not. Because that is where you're going to get a serious amount of change in the control of your line and what your fly is doing. So as I flipped that line, say I had a streamer. If I flipped, I mended the line, that gave a chance for that fly to drop just a sec. If I was nymph fishing and I mend the line, that allowed that, that fly to continue drifting the direction I wanted to and not allowing those cross currents to control the line. So it's very hard to, to explain that through a podcast, but go play with it. Start mending the line and seeing how that is directing your fly into the fish's face or exactly where you want to into that little crease because that helps. Another thing I didn't necessarily have an eye for is the bubble lines. There's bubble lines all over the place and I still was struggling to see ones that Ivan was seeing, but there are some really visible bubble lines and not so visible ones where that's where that current is changing or the the currents are coming together and the water's slowing and just in those lines we always know that fish the lines fish the edges 
And that's where some of those are those underwater lines are that we may not be able to see that well. So those fish, those bubble lines, that's something I'm going to focus on. Keep driving over the Colorado to go into town every, every day. And I keep looking at the river and it looks perfect. So I'm, I'm excited to get out again in a boat or not. I know Ivan's busy guiding, so I'll try and get out on the, the river myself, just on the shore. The next thing I picked up on was all the shelves and Ivan really kind of pointed out to me to make sure that I'm putting this fly in front of the face's fish or the fish's face, whatever. Uh, and so those little shelves are right after those little ripples, right? As it, that water's coming down and hits a calm spot. There's a little shelf there. So making sure I'm hitting those and, uh, they run along that whole rapid. If it's a short little riffle, they run, there's a shelf along a lot of those. And then where there's a little crease, it creates a little V casting right into the top of that V. Uh, I'm realizing just as I kind of recap this, that I, I knew fish were in the edges, but I guess I really didn't know what that meant until I had someone point that out and really was able to pick those out out of a lineup. And I still would say I'm pretty novice at picking those up, but I feel so much more informed now by taking a look at those. And, and uh, I'm excited to hit the water again because I want to try this out on my own without someone pointing them out. But looking for the, those places where the water changes, it's kind of one of those big things. And whether you're streamer fishing or nymph fishing, you got to get that thing to fall down into the the face of that fish they're just going to sit there so you got to hit them in the nose with it and that's what that streamer did a lot is we had that big heavy weighted streamer and by mending the line dropping it down right on them right over the shelf so we'd cast onto the shelf and then i'd mend to get that to drop down below the shelf there or or you know what i mean so as that water level changed just dropping it down to be able to get as much exposure to that fly to the fish as possible. One thing I really had no experience with besides fishing on a boat is streamer fishing out of a boat versus nymph fishing. So we started with the streamer and we were kind of, I was kind of casting a little, maybe 90 degrees to a little towards the back of the boat. And I just would strip the line that way. But then when you started nymph fishing, I needed to cast in front of the boat and allow that to drift backwards, allowing that thing to free float just a little bit. That took me a little bit to, to pick up on because I was we had streamer fished all day long. And then we picked up an, a nymph and needed to do something a little different. The next thing I asked for was I need help fighting fish. I've lost a lot of fish in my day in the last few years. And I don't know why tried different things and, and couldn't come up with one set number or one reason why I was losing fish. And this may seem a little obvious, but here's what I learned is the fishing rod is a shock absorber and keep that tip up. I've had times where I just kind of drop that tip down, even though I've got tension on the line, it should be good, but keeping that tip tip up and allowing the, the rod to bend to be that shock absorber. So when there is fish that jumps out of the water, that shock absorber catches that and there's still plenty of spring to be able to keep that hook, that uh, hook in its mouth. 
And then most of the time that fish goes downstream and you're upstream. So you're pulling almost like you're pulling the fly out of the fish's mouth. So by keeping the rod up and then if he's directly downstream, I'm going to choose right or left to give it a little tilt so that it's still pulling at the corner of his mouth. And then through that, I think I lost a couple of fish. And then after he taught, taught me that, I don't think I lost one. <laughs> I think I kept most of them on. So that really, really helped. Remember to keep that line or that rod. I, I think I kept it just about straight up in the air and allowed that bending to then, and me moving my rod to the right or the left to keep it in the fish's corner of his mouth. That, that helped. And then once you get them above the water, kind of strip line and, and allow them to stay on the top of the water. I've always been a fan of stripping line, fish in. I, I don't, I don't get them on the reel, even big, big fish. I've never done that. I think you got a lot more control with working them in the line. So you may have a varying opinion on that. That's, that's fine. That's fine. Again, I'm no expert just sharing what I've learned. The other thing I really appreciated was how we handled the fish. Trout have a protective layer on their skin that, uh, protects them from disease. So if you grab them with your dry hands, you're going to strip some of that slime off onto your hand and they're going to swim away and they're going to be fine for now, but eventually they're going to pick up some diseases and things because they've lost that protective layer and eventually can, can die from it. So by wetting your hands and handling them extremely careful, uh, you can help alleviate some of that, that death to the fish and the stress that you're going to cause. One thing we did was net them and kept them in the water. We even kind of allowed them to catch their catch the breath or whatever you want to call it uh, right there in the net before we we unhooked them. They were out of the water just enough to snap a quick picture, and then back into the net where we where we kind of allowed them to to recoup. And then when we knew they were good, out the net they went. So that was a a really cool, cool thing. And, and what I, what I know about cold water fish like trout is that they're pretty wimpy. They can't handle a whole lot. So you can't squeeze them and expect them to be good. Uh, warm water species are quite a bit tougher. Uh, but one thing I would like to advertise to you all is when you're picking up a fish and not cranking on its jaw. And that's one thing that, that studies have found that it's harmful for him. So your old bass pictures, you're lifting him up, cranking on his jaw, perch, anything like that. It's not good for him. So uh, maybe just hold him by the lip, but don't crank on it. Just keep it hung down or use your hand to, to hold the tail up if you're taking a picture. So uh, if you could handle fish with care like that, if you're releasing them, that would be uh, helpful for our fisheries. So... We, and, and here's how we did in the day. I think we caught 14 fish. Roughly, we struggled <laughs> keeping track after a while. Eight of them were between 17 and 19 inches. It was a heck of a day. Kept pig after pig after pig, and it was fun. And all the other fish were in just below that 17 inches. Caught one that was maybe a little 12-incher, but everything else was just a beautiful, beautiful fish. So if you want to get on the water with a guide... And you need one. Uh, Ivan Perrin is your guy. 
He's the guy we talked to in that last podcast a while back that started smart smartflyfish.com. So if you're a guide or uh, run a boat, he's got uh, an ore product or he's got drift boat products there for you that he's creating that are one of a kind. So, or if you just want to have a good guide, spend a few hundred bucks. I don't know what his prices are, but get a hold of Ivan 970-948-1443. And uh, you could have a heck of a time in the water. I've got some good fishing memories and this one will be right up there as one of those. I had a great time, caught a lot of fish and I learned a lot. So if that's what you want in a fishing trip, that's your guy or just get another guide. It doesn't matter. Get, get a guide and go with one. But this is a guy that that's floated the Colorado hundreds of times and knows it very well. So get a hold of him and stay tuned for our elk or deer hunting, Colorado hunting series preparation series that we're going to start don't forget to register for all of our giveaways and get a hold of me if you have any questions concerns comments we'll chat thanks right outside of this one church town there's a gold dirt road to a whole lot of nothing got a deed to the land but it ain't my grand